Welcome back to the Get Unstuck and On Target podcast. I'm Mike O'Neill with Bench Builders, and we help growing companies, especially manufacturers, improve their people, process, and planning systems so they can scale smarter and faster. Joining me today from Bradenton, Florida, is Laura Templeton. Laura is the founder and chief instigator at 32nd Success, a company helping coaches, consultants, and service providers make better connections and obtain more business in 30 seconds or less. Laura is also a global speaker, brand communication consultant, and the author of 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting. Welcome, Laura. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. I appreciate you inviting me on your show. Well, I'm looking forward to this conversation. We've had an opportunity to speak prior to recording this podcast. I love the name of your book because it kind of says it all. Ditch the pitch and start connecting. What is it about the pitch that we have drilled into us as business leaders? I think the biggest thing that a lot of people really struggle with is that a pitch is more about a sale. Right? It's about making the sale, closing the deal. And in this day and age, it's the importance of connecting with people and how much further those deep connections take you changes everything. It changes your relationships. It changes your business. It changes the sales process. So really getting away from having a standard sales pitch or, you know, thinking of someone that's in front of you always as a prospect rather than someone who you want to get to know, want to build a relationship with makes a big difference. You know, we are recording this podcast uh, in mid-July. It will probably not uh, be released for another eight to ten weeks. But at this point, we're coming out of, I hope that's the right term, uh, unprecedented time by which connecting uh, was done very, very differently you know, two and a half plus years ago. Um, help me understand, you're encouraging the importance of drop the sales pitch and put emphasis on connecting, but you haven't given up on that 30 second um, time frame. What is it about the 30 seconds and connecting? How, what is it you're trying to get across to the readers and to our listeners about how that all comes together? So the importance of your 30 second message is really not to sell someone, right? A lot of times we take take it for granted that when we're in a networking event, they give us an opportunity to give a, a 30 second commercial, right? And think about it from this perspective in you know marketing and advertising, they've always used the methodology that your, your intention with your commercial is to get someone's attention, to get them to want to know more, obviously, you know, in, in, commercials, advertisements on TV, they're hoping that you will buy, but it's more to create that familiarity. When you're networking, it's about grabbing someone's attention and getting them to wanna to know more, getting them to have a deeper conversation with you, learn what you're about, understand who it is that you're trying to connect with, because we have to understand that the people in the room aren't necessarily all our clients, hmm. but they may know who our clients are, right? So once we build a relationship with them and help them understand what we do, they can then go out and speak on our behalf to the people that they know or someone that they might overhear talking about their struggles. And when we do a good job of educating our audience on what it is that we do, 
they start to look at it differently. Like, how can I help you? Where can I, where can I connect you? What is it that you're looking for? And oh my goodness, I know someone who needs your help. That's the value of that 30 second message. It's really not to tell people everything that you do. I mean, have you ever watched someone who just starts talking and doesn't want to shut up? Yes. Because and becomes really painful for them. Like they don't know when to end, but they feel like they've got to tell you everything that they do. <laughs> and that's because they think of it as, okay, if I if I miss something, they're not gonna know we have this and now I've lost a sale. When you think about it in terms of, okay, if I tell you everything I do and how I do it and even my price. Now I don't need to have a conversation with you, right? You're not going to get to know me. You're not going to get to trust me. You're not going to get that trust factor that is so imperative to relationships and the sales process really doesn't even have a chance to happen when you spill all the beans. So that being said, you mentioned um, that you want to move away from it being a sales pitch. You're trying to make connections. I'll go back to this 30 seconds. Is that a reflection on our limited attention span nowadays? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? But the thing of it is, um, we don't have a whole lot of time, right? We, it seems like we have less and less time every day because our days are filled with a lot of attention getting. Um, the, you know, all the things that are grabbing our attention, whether it's our businesses, our children, our, you know, household responsibilities. But when you think about it, the 30 second message, it's really about grabbing someone's attention because the attention span of humans has been dwindled down from like 12%, I think it was like 12 seconds, you know, in the eighties. And now it's about seven seconds. So you have about seven seconds to grab the attention of the people in the room to want to listen to what you have to say. So the 30 second commercial is giving them just enough so that they can go, okay, I've absorbed that information. Yes, I wanna have a deeper conversation with her. No, I don't really need to, to talk with her um, because maybe that I've already spoken with her or that really doesn't apply to me right now. It gives them an opportunity just to get a little bit of a taste and an idea of what you want. Hopefully you've done an effective job in saying, hey, we, you know, we definitely should have a conversation so I can share a little bit more about the work that I do. Maybe it'll help you. Maybe it'll help someone else. That's the intention. But that it's so imperative in that first seven seconds of what you do say. And I tell people all the time, don't start your commercial with your name and your company. And there's a reason for that. The reason why you wouldn't start your 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 30 second message with your name and your company is what if you do something that's very familiar with a lot of people like, oh, you're a financial advisor. You say your name and the in name of your company and right away they're going to go, oh, I know what she does. I don't need to listen to her because I'm going to pay attention to what I need to say. Mm. Right? I got to figure out what I'm going to say next mm. rather than paying attention to you. But if you start with a really intentional statement or a comment or a really good question that gets people to lean in, now you've grabbed their attention. And, you know, for instance, I, there was one of my clients that used to talk about, you know, what, what would happen to your family if your house burnt down tonight? Do you know where you're going to go? Hmm. Well, he, was, he was an insurance salesman. But how many people like leaned in like, oh, my gosh, I never thought about that. And chances are most people don't think about that. Like, where are you going to go tomorrow if your house burnt down tonight? 
And I love the question. It's not only factual, but it immediately tugs at the heart uh, right off the bat. And it's only a matter of a few words. And you got them hooked, do you not? Absolutely. And that's the biggest thing. A lot of people don't understand your message is designed to grab someone's attention. So start with the things that matter to them most, right? What is the pain or problem that your ideal client really struggles with? For me, you know, a lot of times I'll say most people struggle to effectively communicate who they are in 30 seconds or less. And we know, and we've seen people really struggle with that. So yes, it makes sense right away. It's like, oh, and you can feel it emotionally in yourself sometimes because for A, you've felt it or B, you've watched somebody that you know and love struggle with it. And that was part of the reason why I started my own business. I watched too many people struggle with that challenge of having to create a 30 second message that grabs people's attention, gets them to want to know more and still feels like you, right? You mentioned the heart. It's your emotion. What emotions are you bringing to your message? What emotions are you connecting to in your audience that creates that in, that instant um, inquisitiveness on their end, gets them to want to know more about you and the work that you do? So what is it that you're tapping into? And it's really about emotion. It's connecting on an emotional level that a lot of people fail to understand when they're communicating what it is that they do. Hmm. You know, I introduce you as the founder and chief instigator of 30 Second Success. I've never heard that uh, term, chief instigator. What does that mean to you? That it is that is an homage to my father who passed recently. We lost him in November. My mm. dad was um, quite an instigator. And one he was the person that I admire the most because I loved growing up watching my father just have great conversations with people no matter where we went. He would always ask really good questions, would joke around with people, get really comfortable. We swore my dad knew everybody. We just, hmm. you know, like he could have been mayor really because he just knew everybody because the man took the time to ask people very intentional questions and get them to talk with him. And we, we would literally be standing in line at either Hershey Park or Disney World and people would be like surrounding him like he was holding court because he just asked really great questions. And that's something that I aspire to do. And I do that, I get to do that in my work because I ask a lot of intentional questions, not only of my clients, but my audience as well. Well, you can be assured that Apple didn't far fall far because you did the exact same thing in our very first meeting you asked extremely good questions and you did something beyond just kind of talk about what you you did you turn what you do into action and that is i i know that your current book and i know you may be working on the follow-up on that ditch the pitch and start connecting is within an hour of you and I hanging up, I got an email from you with an introduction. And the introduction wasn't just an introduction. It was a direct result of the conversation that we had. And the conversation that that we had was, how can I be helpful to you? Who might you like to get to know? And you immediately put that into action. So be assured that if Initiating conversation, engaging in conversation, and turning it into action is something you aspire to. I've seen that already firsthand. 
Well, thank you. Yes, it's one of the things that I encourage uh, a lot of people, including my clients. So if, if I'm expecting my clients to do it, I do it myself. So it's just you got to put into practice what you're what you're teaching others to do to make sure that it's effective and um, that you're you're modeling well. And that was again, it goes back to my dad. My dad was the ultimate connector. So thank you for that. You know, when we were chatting prior to scheduling this podcast, I wrote this down, and that is, how does action lead to momentum? Mm -hmm. And I wrote it down, and I I didn't tell you, I might ask that question, but um, how does action lead to momentum based on your observations? This is, I appreciate you asking that question because that's something that I'm working on right now with my second book around the 30 second success. And really it's taking those actionable steps that move you forward in your business. And as you start to move forward in your business and take one actionable steps, like even if it's small actionable steps, it is creating momentum as you keep pushing. So momentum is obviously the driving force when we when we create something and we keep it going and we keep adding energy to it and we keep adding energy to it and it gets us to where we want to be. You know, obviously action takes intention, right? We have to be intentional about the actions that we're taking. You know, we could sit at our desk all day long and pretend that we're taking action, right? We could be playing and you know, playing on social media, we could be, you know, but it's the purposeful, actionable steps that we make each and every day that get us to our goals. And that's what creates that momentum in our business. What I absolutely love in the longer I study the the effects of momentum in business, what I'm discovering is, you know, just like everything else, you know, momentum has a curve to it, right? So we start pushing things and we feel like we're pushing uphill. We're constantly Mm -hmm. pushing uphill. And all of a sudden, you know, that ball of momentum is getting bigger and bigger and harder to as we go uphill because we're doing the hard things we're doing the hard things in our business that get us out of our comfort zones and those are the things that have to get us to the top of the hill so that ball's getting really big really heavy as we get to the top and at some point in time you're going to get to the top of the hill and all of a sudden you're going to like hit it right and it's like how many people get to that point where all of a sudden it stops and they don't do anything Mm. right they don't take that next actionable step that's just going to get it like that little push that they need to get it to start rolling down the other side of the hill because they pull back. And what I'm finding is it's just, I, I if I can just help people understand it's the little things that you do every day that are going to keep pushing that ball up the hill. And it, at one point in time, you're just going to take your finger and go, Boop, and it's going to start rolling down the other side. And as it starts rolling down the other side, it's life will start to get easier. You'll still be taking those actions but now the momentum is carrying itself, right? It's it's moving forward. Yes, you still need to take those action steps, but they get a lot easier because you'll have the things in place that you want to, to do and that, that, that you want to achieve and you'll be hitting those markers, right? And it becomes a lot easier to hit those markers. And there may come a time where you hit another hill and you gotta start pushing up again depends on what you want and how far you want to go with that ball, right? Because we know it's the whole, you remember the spaghetti story? The, you know, the, the meatball that rolls down the hill? No, right? tell me. Uh, there, was a, there, was a, um, there was a story about it and it was a while ago that I heard it and it was about a, a meatball that rolled down the hill and it kept rolling down the hill and eventually it's, it came to a stop. And then 
all of a sudden it was like, okay, what now, what do I do? Right. And it was just, what do you need to do to roll the meatball up the hill? And it was just a matter of get your fork and start <laughs> up and move up the hill. Right. So it was just the creation of, and I probably told that story totally wrong, but that's what I remembered in my head. So now I'm going to have to go look it up. <laughs> um, but it was just, you know, it just came to me that I remember the story about the meatball and, and I think it's a children's story. So I'm going to have to go look that one up, but um, it's just a matter of, you know, sometimes we have to, even when things stop, we have to stop and pick them up, right? We have to keep moving it forward because when, when we stop taking those action steps, things just, you know, everything just stops. It comes to a complete halt, but God forbid you're on the bottom side of that hill. Now it's going to come back at you, right? Now you got to start all over again. And that's happened for me a few times in my own business where I had to take a break, you know, where there were things. And, but what I found was recently, you know, I had to take it when it was, you know, you're in that entrepreneurial path of doing everything yourself. And if you take a break, everything stops with you. So stepping into hiring people or finding the right support system of people that could help me keep moving forward, even when I had to take a break, like when my father passed away, mm -hmm. I had women in my networking group that just kept promoting my book for me and kept helping to promote the things that I was working on. So I could concentrate on helping my mom with my dad and at, you know, when he was on hospice. So it was a beautiful experience to have those people that are, were around me that kept pushing the ball for me, even though I wasn't the one taking the action. So there's so much beauty in that momentum and finding the right people that will help you carry that momentum as you grow in your business. But you wouldn't have those people if you had not made the investment in those relationships up front the relationships were in place they saw you were in need and they stepped into the gap oh absolutely and I, and that's where i think the beauty of networking comes in a lot of a lot of solopreneurs and entrepreneurs struggle against networking and haven't figured out networking is not a place to be selling it's about community it's where you're finding your tribe of people that will surround you support you and help you grow it's not about sell, selling into your network. It's about creating those relationships with people that are willing to go out and tell everybody else about you. You know, I can, I can probably count on, you know, two hands, the people that were actually in my network that were, well, no, there was probably more than that on two, more than two hands that have been my clients, but those clients have multiplied tenfold and the people in my group multiplied just by watching their experience with the referrals that have come in. Most of my business has been referrals in the seven years that I've been in business. Most of my clients have come to me through referrals. It's beautiful. Now, I know you work with clients in different areas. I introduce you as working particularly with coaches and consultants and service providers. Um, of those three categories, uh, to some extent, all three describe kind of what I do. So, but of those three, coaches, consultants, and service providers, do you find any group struggles with this topic more than others, struggling with ditching the pitch and start connecting? It's funny that you asked that question because I used to refer to my, my uh, client base, my ideal client as business owners, entrepreneurs, and professionals. Mm. When I started 
looking at my clients, like I really looked at my client history and discovered it within my client history, it was really consultants, coaches and service providers that I've been working with all of this time. And, you know, that's the beauty of looking, you really understanding who your idol client is when you can go, you have a pool of clients that you've worked with historically, and you go back and look at, you have that aha moment of, oh my gosh, these are my people. I've been trying to market to the wrong people all this time. And it wasn't necessarily marketing to the wrong people. It was just a different verbiage because yes, mm -hmm. you know, coaches, consultants and, and service providers are professionals, you know, business owners and entrepreneurs, but now I'm looking at it in a different way and really marketing messaging really goes to them differently. And I think that the beauty of it is um, just figuring out who it is that you're in, you're intended to work with, right? So in that pool, the coaches and consultants and service providers, I feel like there is a, an overlap in what they do. And for the most part, my, my, I think my zone of genius, my, the ones that really gravitate to what I do are the ones that I'm very familiar with their work as the coaches, because they're, you know, they're the teacher, they're the leader. They see themselves as having that leadership role. And sometimes they get really in, um, entwined in what their clients are wanting, as opposed to what they want to offer. Right. Mm. And I think there's sometimes we get a little mixed. I, and I've seen it a lot of times in the creative side of that coaching world. Right. We want to a lot of times coaches get to the point where like, oh, I can I can help with this and I can help with that and I can help with this. Figuring out how to stay in your lane is a big piece of it and understanding what your what your gifts are and being able to deliver that, especially when we get into that creative mode, your the creativity is amazing in the coaching community, people creating programs and products and services. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day that's an amazing coach and she's got like 13 different programs that she offers. Hmm. And I was blown away by that. And she's like, yeah, I, well, I create stuff that people need. And I thought that was really interesting, but she's, you know, she's been in the coaching industry for probably as long as I have in seven years and she sees a need and then wants to meet it. And but the be beautiful piece is now she's developing a community where all of her community members will have access to all of those programs and be able to tap into them when they feel like, oh, I'm struggling in this area. Let me try that. So they'll have access to it. So it's kind of kind of interesting to see. And I have seen a lot of coaches that kind of get lost in that creativity space and they're uh, they're unsure of what to lead with. You know, at the top of the podcast, we were talking a little about networking events, and there's different types of networking events. There was one in which everybody just kind of goes in a room, and this is probably dating myself. You exchange business cards, and it's like speed dating, and I don't know to what extent that constitutes quality networking, but you set up a situation by which if you're at a networking event and everybody there is given opportunity to do their 30 seconds. That was kind of the setting that you're describing, is that in the example that I gave, this may not even come close to your 30 second, um, but, when, but when you share that uh, I help coaches, consultants, and service providers, the strength of that is if the listener says, well, I don't do, I'm not one of those three, but I know somebody who is, it immediately kind of puts their head uh, focusing on, hmm, 
I wonder if Laura could help my friend Susan over mm -hmm. here. And all you're trying to do is get get the ball rolling there. Um, so th thanks for letting me kind of digress to an earlier part. I hesitate to do this, but I'm going to do it anyhow. And that is, Laura, you work with clients and you stress the importance of that 30 seconds. If you are given that same opportunity to stand in front of the group and to share a little about who you are and what you do, and they literally have a stopwatch. For those who are watching, they see the stopwatch over your shoulder, but they have a stopwatch. And if you run over, there's some type of loud gong or something. But if you're given that opportunity, how do you share with others who you are and how you help? So I want to answer you in two parts because I will okay. give you my 30-second commercial. <laughs> because I get tested all the time. People want to make sure that I'm within 30 seconds. Um, but one of the things that you said that you touched on right there was really interesting, but I want to make sure that, that we bring that point back, is that getting people to think beyond themselves. Mm -hmm. And one of the ways you can do that is by asking a great who do you know question mm -hmm. to start your 30-second message. Who do you know? Who mm -hmm. do you know that's struggling with this? Or who do you know that doesn't Who do you know that doesn't come to? All right, you ready for this one? Here, I'll give I you am. one of them. Okay. So who do you know that avoids networking events because they are totally afraid of giving their 30 second message when it comes to networking? Well, I had a client who used to go to the ladies room and hide every time it was time to do the 30 second message. We worked together, we figured out what her message was. She was able to deliver it with confidence and literally stomped her foot and received a standing ovation after doing her 30 second message. That's what I do when I help clients overcome their fears around 30 second success. So I'm Laura Templeton with 30 second success. Beautifully, I did not have a stopwatch. I'm sure it came right in <laughs> under 30 seconds. Beautifully um, crafted, beautifully delivered. Can we take just a moment and break that down? Why did you say some of the things you said you opened with a, a great question, who do you know? Can mm -hmm. you kind of walk us through those components? Absolutely. So in my, you know, in my book and all the work that I do with my courses and even when I'm working with clients, I teach people a, for, a simple formula that I've used for years. It was something that I learned years ago from Brian Tracy. I just made it my own and figured out how to make it work for me. And, um, you know, we know Brian and his Rolodex, right? You know, the whole idea of the Rolodex. But one of the things that I learned from him years ago was how to do that 30-second message. And it's the simple formula behind it is what's the pain? So, you know, who do you know that struggles with, you know, doing their 30-second message when it comes to networking? Mm -hmm. That's the pain. How do you solve their problem? Well, I had a client who used to run to the ladies room. We worked together to figure out what it was that she needed to share. And then she was able to share it. So I, I used a story, right? So I, mm -hmm. I did actually share it. I used it as a story, which is great. A lot of people are really into storytelling these days. And then, you know, so it's the pain. How did you solve the problem? And then your call to action. A lot of people forget to include their call to action. What do you want to do? What people to do once they know that they need your help? Mm. So whether it's you want them to schedule a call with you, whether it's, you know, if you want them to visit your website, make sure that it's a very strong call to action. And I go into some detail about why not to use the word please in my book and in the work that I do. 
And it's again, it, it has a lot to do with the strength and power behind a call to, a call to action needs to be strong because you want people to move. You basically want to give them a command to move forward. If this fits them, you know, you want them to move forward. Now, the commercial that I gave you was off the cuff. I really kind of edited a little bit while we were doing this because I wanted to use the who do you know question. Um, but then again, making sure that you always close with your name and company at the end. And the reason why I tell people to do that, don't start with it. Some people still start with it because, you know, their group kind of, they emulate whatever the group is doing, especially mm -hmm. in virtual networking. Um, but when you end with it, make sure that even if you start with it, still end with your name and company because you want people to have an opportunity to write it down. And because once they know that they need to work with you, especially when you're in a, in a setting where it's in person, then your name is not written on the screen for people to copy, write it down. So you want to make sure that you um, say your name and your company. I've actually had people say to me, I've been in a networking event before where a young man gave a really great 30 second message and totally forgot to say his name <laughs> at all. Hmm. And the girl next to me is going, what's his name? What's his name? Who is he? What? <laughs> oh yeah, maybe he should have said his name. But um, luckily, luckily he was not one of my clients, so I could not. <laughs> it was not like maybe I need to have him as one of my clients, but yeah. So it was, uh, it is, you know, it's very methodical. It's the pain, the solution, how do you solve their problems and your call to action and who you are. Excellent. Laura, as you kind of reflect on, you just gave us a good example of how you might would have helped a potential client or an actual client get unstuck with their anxiety about giving the 32nd commercial on that. Can you think of any other example by which you helped a client get unstuck and what did it take to get unstuck? Mm. Beautiful question. I have one of my very favorite clients. Um, she really struggled for a very long time and I literally would write commercials for her. We'd be sitting, we'd have a couple, you know, sit for an hour, do a session. This is very early on in my practice. And what I found was I, we would write commercials and she would be so in love with them. And the next day, day or two go by and I get a phone call. I'm not feeling it. Hmm. She really struggled with number one, memorization. Number two, she was someone who um, very, she's a storyteller by, you know, like by, that's just who she is. It was her personality. And she was really struggling to, to find the right message that would work for her. So I made sure that I educated her on the, the, the formula right? Really worked with her to understand, okay, uh, if you're going to wing it, you have to at least have the formula in front of you. Remember, just write it on a cue card, pain solution, call to action and who you are. But then I, I went a little bit different and I taught her how to tell her 30 second message in story format hmm. as a story. And I said, look, you've got amazing stories about your client work. Why are you not telling your stories? She goes, I can't do that in 30 seconds. I'm like, yes, you can. I can teach you. And so we really, I really went through a process with her of, you know, how to, how to shorten the story. And it was, it was beautiful. The first, it was funny because the first, it's not funny. Um, it was, it was beautiful because the first time she delivered it in a networking setting where we had networked with these same women for, you know, a couple of years and they all, we all watched her struggle with her message. The first time she delivered her message in the story format, 
people had tears in their eyes because not number one, it was a beautiful story. She told it very, you know, like really tied the emotion in, like you could really feel how emotionally attached she was to the story and how exciting it was for her. But everybody was like cheering for her when she was done doing her 30 second commercial. So it was beautiful to see that she came out of that. And since then, she's just been a dynamo. She doesn't struggle with her 30 second commercials anymore. As a matter of fact, she teaches, she helps other people with their 30 second messages, which I'm okay with. So, you know, sometimes she sends people to me if it's a little harder, but, you know, she just tells them what I told her. And, and I love that. I think that's, you know, one of the best testimonials I could ever have. Couldn't agree more. What a wonderful transformation and a good example of how you help in persistence paid off in helping her find her voice in a storytelling fashion. You know, Laura, we've covered a lot uh, in this conversation, but what do you want our listeners to have as takeaways? Well, I think the biggest thing to um, remember is that your 30-second message, it's a, it's a way to open doors, right? Think about it as a way to open doors. It's not about telling someone everything that you do or trying to make a sale in the moment, right? Be intentional about listening. Get really good at listening. Invite people to have virtual coffees if you can't do it in person or if you want to save some time, do it virtually. But invite people to have very good conversations with you and be intentional about the questions that you ask. Ask them about their business. Ask them how, what can you do to help them and do that, right? You mentioned that in our conversation and that's, that's what I, I work with all the time. That's how, I, that's how I serve my audience and the people that I network with. And you know, that one thing that somebody shared with me, and I'll leave you with this, is there's an, an, ad, an old adage that someone shared with her, and it was give to get to give. So when you give and you continuously give, eventually it comes back to you. But then you've mm -hmm. got to give it away. You don't keep it. You just got to keep giving. And that's the purpose of, of networking and connecting. It's about giving. It's not about getting. It's about giving. Well, you modeled that beautifully. You gave us some great uh, ideas to act upon. Um, I've mentioned the book. Can you repeat again the name of the book, please? Yes, it's 30 Second Success, Ditch the Pitch and Start Connecting. And how do I get that book if I want to order it? It's available on Amazon and on um, Barnes & Noble. Most of the bookstores carry it now, too. Wonderful. And I wish you well on this next book. Uh, that's exciting Yes. Thank you so much. Yes. It'll be the foundational piece, 30 second success. And that's, I'm, I'm excited about that. Laura, thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you having me here, Mike. It was great to talk to you again. I also want to thank our listeners for joining us today because we upload the latest episode every Thursday to all the major platforms, including Apple and Spotify. So if you've enjoyed this episode with Laura, please subscribe. Are you trying to grow your business and you want to make sure you've got the right people, processes, and planning systems in place to grow smoothly? If yes, let's talk. Head over to unstuck.show and schedule a quick non-sales call. We'll talk about your growth goals and I'll offer you some actionable advice to help you grow your business. So I want to thank you for joining us and I hope you have picked up on some tips from Laura that will help you get unstuck and on target. Until next time.